Yes, yes, yes. What's going on, y'all? This is your man, Buddy Ramick, and this is another episode of the Yeah, Buddy podcast. And just like any other episode, I always try to bring in one of my friends on the entertainment business, and we just chop it up, talk about our adventures in the entertainment business. And this episode is like no other. So without further ado, I'm going to let my uh, my guest introduce herself. Y'all go ahead. Thank you. My name is Lamondo Hill. I'm an actor and writer in the film industry right now and uh, making my, my way in the industry to become a mogul someday. Yes, sir. That's how you got to do it. Uh, so, Lamondo, how did you exactly get your um, your start in the acting game? So 2018 is when it all started for me. So I was volunteering at a workshop at Sacramento State. Real Man had 101 with Dwight Taylor. Great guy. If any of you guys know him also in Sacramento, he allowed me this opportunity to come volunteer and help these young men. And my mentor who is a screenwriter, Emmy-nominated, fantastic human being by the name of Sterling Norman Anderson was one of the people there. And he came up to me, man, on the fly. It was, I was moving these people around the room and he he looks at me, you know, you know, the, yeah, with like the camera thing. And he's just like, have you ever acted before? I don't know nothing about that, man. Coming out of Richmond, California, there was no acting dreams. There's none of that. I'm like, I don't, I'm furthest away from that. I told him, I said, no, nah, sir. I said, I've never done that before. I was okay. Comes back out of the room after he gives his uh, his first class and he asks me again. And he's like, "Are you messing with me? Are you have you ever acted before?" And I said, "No." He said, "Man, here's my information. Take my stuff down. Look at my IMDb. I didn't know what that was at the time." He's like, "Check out my credits, man." He's like, "Give me a call if you want to consider that." So I went home. Man, I saw his resume. You know, the works, man. He was on the Unit. You know, Dave Mamet, Dennis Haysburg, just to name a few. Worked with Sidney Poitier, like. Gabby Douglas stories like he has all of this crazy stuff. So then I got kind of intimidated. I'm like, oh man, like you don't know who you're talking to. And I spoke to my wife about it, and uh, he invited me over to his house, man. And, and we had a back and forth and an exchange. And he was telling me all these things that were possible, and he was showing me some of the stuff that he's done and how important filmmaking is. And before I left his house, I was walking in the front room, and I never forget. He said, "Lamondo, what is it you want to do with your life?" I said, man, I want to inspire people. I want to inspire the world to help people be better versions of themselves through my gifts as a speaker and as a storyteller. And he said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, well, I got to work my way up to getting a, becoming a keynote speaker. Maybe somebody will give me an opportunity. He said, that sounds good. He said, well, how many people do you think you can inspire if you were on that? And he pointed at his television screen. And I said, man, hundreds of millions, if not billions, depending on who watches me. He told me, he said, Lamondo, if you do everything I tell you to do, it will not be easy. You will become an actor of this generation. And I've seen it before. He said, I've, I've been around stars. I've, I've been in Hollywood. I've done it. He said, I'm telling you, you have what it takes. You just have to put in the work. It's going to be very difficult. And I went home and I told my wife what he said. And I asked her simply, I said, uh, could you see me as an actor? Could you see me doing this? And with her blessing, she said, yeah. Man, I got the work. and haven't stopped since. So I trained for a whole year before I did anything professional, which is him. And he threw everything at me. And his name was uh, Sterling? Sterling Norman Anderson. Sterling Norman Anderson. Shout out to him, man. And so now you go through the whole, you've never acted before. Um, what is the process like now you're in acting classes, you're training? Were you like, it, was there any sort of like intimidation or were you just like nervous or anxious? Um, there was never any nerves because I've always been a great speaker. That was the thing. The hardest thing was watching yourself on film. So learning to critique yourself. Like you start seeing your tics and your habits. Man, it was brutal. I, I still have the first recording he did of me when I did my first Shakespeare monologue 
God, dude, it was so bad. And it was a monologue from Iago and Othello. And I look back at that now and I'm very proud of it. But at the time, it was so painful. Yeah. Like, this is horrible. Who would want to see this? Yeah. But he told me, he said, Lamont, your mistakes are beautiful. And you have to understand these are the building blocks. And, you know, with my work ethic, man, I I have a really crazy work ethic. I'm I'm being very, very serious about that. Um, Not to just talk myself up or anything. But when I take a task to heart and I say, I'm going to do something, I go above and beyond in any way that I can possible. And it was the same thing with acting. I mean, I, I studied countless hours. I still do with film and writing and all these other things. But yeah, once he started me on the path, it was that was the most difficult part is learning to watch myself and be patient with myself. Yeah. 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 I remember like when I first started like taking active class, I had to go back and watch. I watched a lot of my videos like this. <laughs> exactly. You want yeah. to. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't look like that. You overthinking like you look like a boobs. I'm like, no, I'm Denzel up on camera. But then you look at it, you be like, I remember like one of the tips I always do. And I always just like scratch my beard. I'm like every time I got there, there I go again. Or I always be like, uh, 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 uh. Like, what is uh? What is uh? That's not a word. Like, stop saying that and stuff like that. That's funny. So you take and you go take classes with Sterling. Uh, were there any other mentorship that you had towards the beginning of your acting? So Sterling was my foundation and he gave me everything. I mean, we went through all of the classics trainings because he, he was my teacher and he studied in, you know, New York and LA and he was in San Francisco. I mean, he was in Uta Hagen's acting school. I mean, he literally went through the, the ringer. So he taught me all of that. And then he had me read books, you know, with Stella Adler and, you know, Stanislavski, like I went through all these things, Meisner techniques, hours and hours and hours of Meisner, man, with uh, some of my scene partners and, you know, people who I consider family now. And it was just a brutal, you know, education and acting. And then later on, after my first project I did in Sacramento, uh, a feature film that I did out here with uh, Sally Forsyth's casting uh, in their production, I met Sandra D. Richardson. Okay. And she was like, she saw everything that I had and that I learned from Sterling in my face. And she was like, you have a really solid foundation. Now we're going to chip away at everything that may be wrong with you or that you may not catch. And her teaching was brutal too. It was one of those situations where like when you learn how to drive a car or you ride a motorcycle, but you didn't go to school and it's like, okay, yeah, so you have all of this, which is great, but now I'm going to teach you this. Mm-hmm. And so it was like everything I thought I was, Exceptional at any mistakes she caught, boom, she snapped, smacked, yeah. <laughs> corrected, man. So it was good. I, I love the both of them, man. They're, they both have a, a, a ton of knowledge, man. They've helped me become the actor I am now. Yeah, no, I've worked with Sandra D a couple of times and stuff like that. One thing I will say up here is like how you say, like, with this, like, it, like, brutal and like all that type of stuff. Like, the people who are brutal towards you, like, like, really, like, on you, like, yo, this is wrong. You got to do this to correct it or, and all that stuff. Like, those are really the people that really care about you. It was necessary. You need it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, people don't understand like the discipline that comes with the discipline that comes with um, trying to just even pursue acting, learning the learning the process of what it takes to become an actor. Like that discipline and that that tough love we call it. That mm-hmm. tough love is, yeah. is 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 definitely necessary. If anybody's not giving you that tough love, then chances are they don't really. I don't want to say they don't care for you, but like this is a hard business. Yeah, it's a hard business to get yeah. into. One hundred percent. I mean, it's, I would say for anyone. And we can talk about this later in the show, if you like. But I mean, just the things that I do to keep myself structured and in my discipline. You know, like I say, each of my mentors 
had a huge significant part in my life. Like Sterling helped me out in a time where I just wasn't in a great headspace. Sandra did the same thing. And Sterling taught me so many tools in my acting, but also life lessons. Mm -hmm. Sandra did the same thing with my spirituality, the business side of everything. There, there was tons of stuff that they taught me and I never shied away from any of it. It was all the stuff that I was necessary. Now I resisted some things. I'm not going to lie to you. And, you know, you hear something like, well, I don't want to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. But you have to. And once you finish it and you get on the other side, you find out how necessary it was. So I wouldn't take away anything. And I welcome all of what they've done. And like I said, those people, for sure, I love them to the day I die. And I will always shout them out because they've helped me and they're still helping me now. Mm -hmm. So. And then so, yeah, we, we'll, we'll get we'll, we can get into that later. Deeply mm -hmm. to that, because like I said, the whole like what you get into that lifestyle of being an actor, like it really is. I mean, like I said, like being on set, you know, memorize, like doing lines, taking classes, that's all part of the job of being an actor. But there's also definitely that lifestyle that comes with it where you got to be healthy. You got to both physically and mentally, you know, so we'll, we'll definitely get into that later, um, later into the podcast. But so let's see. So you what was the, the movie that you had worked on that was casted on by Sally Forcier? So that one was called Uppercut, and I believe the director was Robert Beaumont. That, I believe, or it may have changed now, but it's on my IMDb credits if you want to look it up. But that was the set where, I mean, I met Sandra, Aaron Leong, um, I met Dean. Uh, there were so many great people. Jeremiah, like, you know, I worked with Eric Viking again, who was the, yeah, I met him the first time on Jexy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, a whole bunch of great people key like awesome people and then i it was a trip because when i worked with them on that project last year you know you fast forward four years later because that was in 2019 i got to see all those people again on another set so it was just it was dope jeremiah jeremiah he got the beard yeah <laughs> he always wears the sunglasses yeah yeah i know jeremiah shout out to jeremiah we worked on um was it the last black man in San Francisco together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jeremiah was a real cool dude and stuff like that. So you, once you um, you're taking these classes, you're you're starting to find your way into um now being on these these film sets. Tell me what was that like now transition to taking classes now um working on these film sets. So I would say I was again I was so prepared as an actor with Sterling's teachings that all of it was familiar. None of it felt intimidating. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't. And the analogy that, or the imagery I like to use, because I'm a, I'm a nerd at heart, man. I, I really am. I saw it as like Sterling School. We had a, you know, a dojo, and we were all samurai training with wooden swords, right? Mm -hmm. And when I got on set, everybody, you bring your real sword now. Now yeah. everyone is, there is no, you're better than me. This is Miyamoto Miyasashi. Like, let's see who's the best and we walk out of here only one person walks away right so when i was around these actors i was studying everything didn't matter if you were background or anything i don't underestimate my opponents i'm like everybody has something to bring to the table so when i got on these sets it was just a place for me to just learn mm. it was a place to shut up listen you know my first set out there in san francisco on jexy i mean dude i was trying to network with people but I don't want to say too much because I was so focused on production. I was yeah. like, man, I've never been around cameras like this before. I didn't know what director photography was. I didn't know what an AD was. I didn't know what a grip or a gaffer was. I didn't know any of that. I was yeah. like, these people have walkie-talkies and they're walking around doing this snap. And I'm like, I want to learn what this is. Mm -hmm. Because the one thing as an actor I learned very early on is I do not like sitting around waiting for the phone. 
that is one of the things that makes you go crazy yeah it makes you feel like you have no value or you have no worth because you're just waiting for someone and i'm still in the midst of that right now trying to get my way out of that hole but that first experience was just awesome to see all the technological stuff and all the people the components of making a film as opposed to the acting and everything like that yeah so anybody who doesn't know jexy was a movie that came out i want to say like 2019 yeah it starred um at a divine um alexandria ship um uh, kid cuddy was featured in it a little bit um and basically it's a movie about this guy who gets his phone and his phone starts talking to him they have this weird ass dynamic of this <laughs> he, he, he develops this 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 um unrealistic relationship with his phone or his phone develops a really relationship with him one of the two but it's 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 crazy and stuff like that but we both actually worked on that movie yeah we both worked on that movie jexy um i think when i worked on that i was actually kid cutty standard for that for a little bit okay and then but like i said it goes back to how you say like when you're being on these film sets and stuff like that you really get to see especially come up here from like sacramento i think we had talked about this on the phone but like or who was it but like basically like up here in sacramento like we see all these things that is going on, but never to the capacity of like what's going on in San Francisco or the Bay Area. So just being on like those those big time movie sets and just seeing what's going on, like how you said, there's a whole lot of working parts yeah. that go into making a movie. And so you, one, you take it all in, mm -hmm. you know, and then also just understand that, like you said, the hard work, yeah. the hard work that goes into it. Like, cause, cause you gotta be prepared for it because all these other people that are working hard, they're like, they're going to expect you to do your job, too. Even if it's just a background, they're like, we need you to be the best background person that you could be. If you're being a PA, we need you to be the best PA that you could be and stuff like that. So what did you take away? Were you able to take away from working on that movie, Jexy, mm -hmm. and then now being able to apply it to like your acting career? So Jexy was the catalyst. Like I said, I learned a lot. And Eric Viking kind of took me under his wing when I met him on that set because we had a Man, and it was so, like I'm I'm so grateful to these people that I, I name drop seriously, like because they didn't have to. Yeah. That's the thing in this business. Yeah. People don't have they to. Don't. They don't have to help you. Not at all. I mean, no one is obligated to tell you anything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying the, the grace of God or my aura or whatever it is, you know, for example, you even having me here on your podcast, you know what I mean? I'm very appreciative and thankful for that. When he told me, when he asked me, you know, like, you know, what is it? You know that you're doing here because i was asking him so many questions about like what's that what's that was that right he said what did i want to do and i told him you know what my goal was in the entertainment business and he was like, okay and he he said he saw something in me from that exchange and so he was just teaching me little things on set and i took all that and another uh pro tip if you guys are out there actors coming up or other people if you got your smartphone with you notebook tab I don't care how stupid you look, mm -hmm. take notes on every set you go to, yeah. people's names or whatever, and, and have that as your for your mental Rolodex, man. And so I took all of that of what he told me on that set, and I told him, I said, man, uh, I'm going to see you again. And, you know, obviously the chances of that happening is, is wild because these people are working all the time and you, people never know or whatever. But it was dope when I was able to see him again and how much I grew as an actor. But, yeah, that, that experience on that set taught me a lot of, I'm gonna say set etiquette mm -hmm. and that networking is very important but if you translate to what i do now as an actor i mean man i've come so far and have experienced so many other sets i would say the big thing that jexy taught me was just to uh stay persistent mm -hmm. if anything because i knew that one day and i still 
have a belief now that one day I'm going to be in that position that the principal actor was in. Yeah. And the amount of work and stress that he has to go through. Yeah. I didn't get to talk to him about it, but I have an idea. You what, see it. What really goes on. And when people are you know, watching stuff and watching films where you pirate things, you don't know how much work goes into that, man. Like, yeah. please don't do that. It, it is a disrespectful to the person you're a fan of and everyone a part of that team, man. So that that's one of the big things. It's a humbling experience with that. Yeah, I definitely say how you say like with the pirating and like supporting. Like when you like watch the credits, like the end credits, like once you like once you get past like the cast and like the director portion, like the yeah. credits, and like you see all like you say the grip, the best boys, the lighting, all craft service, yeah. all that. Like everybody on that in that credit role played a played a part in that movie. And there's even more people who couldn't even make the credits. You know what I'm saying? That still played an important part of role in that movie and stuff like that. So just uh, understand, like anybody who, like I said, if you want to pursue acting, if you do watch movies, you're a fan of movies, stuff like that, uh, pay for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put that money, please, support, please them. support them and stuff like that. But then also from like the actor standpoint, just understand that like this is a this is a huge blessing, the opportunity that we have. Like yeah. whatever like problems that come uh, come across from this, or you know, good things, bad things, or whatever, it's a blessing to have those things in your life because not everybody one has the opportunity to pursue it and then two like how you say like when you're on a set with somebody and they like point you out because i know exactly what you're i know exactly what you're talking about like with that horror and all that stuff they like people look they know stuff like damn it's you like i may not know but you got something bro like mm -hmm. when people like do that man don't don't take that don't take that for granted at all yeah at all at all man it is definitely um it's rare it's definitely rare so now you worked on jaxi have you worked on any other type of like big Big projects and stuff like that. Yeah, so I did a little bit of stuff for Thirteen Reasons, um, and that was you know years ago. There was another film called Woman Is Loser that was in San Francisco. I had the ability to work on a show that was going to go to HBO, but during the pandemic, some stuff happened. It was called The Faction of a Hitman. So that one, um, I also had the honor to work on. Uh, a documentary this year actually with a nancy hamilton and so it's called transformation that one went off to do really well in the film festivals and then i i've been on shorts that had you know bigger production staff like early on directed this one um it's called the cave written by this guy named tommy ross out here in san francisco i mean sorry in sacramento apologies in sacramento and um like i said uh on my mdb you can check it out i worked on a feature last year with uh, nick leisure okay. a big director out here yeah golden that was awesome experience man like i said another another time in your life where you see people raising the stakes mm -hmm. and you start going okay i gotta work that much harder yeah yeah so golden um that's a movie that's um being directed well nick leisure he did like all of it by, by, i mean yeah, the director yeah. the producing did he write it yeah yeah so yeah nick leisure is one of the you know the top independent director filmmakers up here in sacramento um, does a lot does a lot for the Sacramento film community. I know you can't talk too much about Golden just yeah. because um you know it's still in the pre the post production process and all that stuff. But um, can you take us back to um, I guess the audition process for it? Yeah. So uh, Stephen Morse, one of my guys, man, uh, love him, love him dearly. Him and uh, Benjamin Cadrenal. If you guys see this, y'all know y'all know who y'all are, man. I love you guys. They helped me out in the beginning when I first started acting. But uh, he had called me, and he has a very great relationship with Nick. And he was like, man, hey, my boy's got a movie coming up, man. You need to audition for this. And I'm like, okay. So go to the first audition. I did pretty well. He came outside and told me, he's like, yeah, man, I think you did pretty well. He's like, hey, they're opening up again next week. You need to come back. Yeah. And I'm like, man, usually I was like, that's 
usually you do one strike and you, you know they they kind of like make the decision and he was like nope come back trust me so i came back auditioned again cleaned up some stuff and went for some different roles just to show that i you know my range and stuff like that and man i will not forget it because there was you know there was a whole bunch of people they were considering and it wasn't you know many roles out there the film was you know they were coming to where they needed to close on their filming and stuff like that so again i went into it without an ego i just wanted to audition put a good impression good foot forward for my boy to help me you know uh, with all this information man and uh he called me when i was at home running on my treadmill mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this is how funny it is man i'm out here running on my treadmill working out and i get a phone call and he was like hey so hey man how you doing he said, I want to let you know that we're considering you for the role. So congratulations to you. And man, I was so happy that he, that he gave me this opportunity, man. I was like, I'm not going to let you down. He's like, yeah, yeah, just don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I was like, I promise you I won't, man. But the whole filming experience was super dope, man. It was awesome to, you know, be across talent, you know, people who have worked in L.A. and have major credits and stuff like that. It was the first time I was ever able to act against or with someone in a scene like that. So that was like super dope, man, and a humbling experience. And just the whole production crew that he has, his family of people that he works with when he makes his films, all those people are great, man. I got to meet some really dope and amazing people and some connections I even have right now. And I love it, man. It's only made me better. And he's a fantastic individual, man. Like Nick is a very awesome person, dude. And he's very humble. He's very genuine, man. He's got a very kind heart. And I think that I resonate so much with him just because of his background and where he came from the same way where I come from. It's very similar and just morals and things like that. So he's a dope dude. Really happy to have him in my life, man, and what he taught me on the set. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all that forward into all the things that I do. Man. So Nice, nice. Yeah, shout out to Nick Leisure. Um, what do you were talking about? Uh, like say like working with these LA actors and stuff like that. I mm -hmm. think that's also like I said a testament to the hard work that you put in. Like I always say, there's this thing called like the film gods or like the movie gods. Like you know, so you may feel like you may not know when that opportunity will come, but like if you do the work, you know, what I'm saying that you stay true to what it is that you're supposed to do. You know, pursuing your goals in life, then the film gods will you know to reward you for that. Right. And a lot of people feel that you have to move to LA you know, to, to be around these LA actors and stuff like that and stuff like that. But, but like, no, like you, like you, you did it. You auditioned for a movie here in Sacramento. Uh, you put it in the work. And so then now you're there, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you have that, that, that networking circle, that, 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 um, that circle of networking now to where you like, you have those, those LA connects that a lot of people will run to LA for to get. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's, Nothing but a blessing, a blessing, man. Like I, I put in the work that I that I have, and I'm know that I'm a long ways away from where it is I want to be and where I believe I should be. But I'm very grateful for every opportunity that's given to me, and I execute. And I'll tell you personally, I don't have like an ego. Like being very candid with you, man. I don't care if you're an actor from LA. I don't care if you're from New York. I don't care if you're from Atlanta. None of that intimidates me. I honestly and humbly do not care. And it's not a thing of arrogance. It's just I know where I am. I know that when the time comes and I need to do my thing, I'm going to execute based on my teachings and my hard work and the morals that I have. The thing that separates people, at least from what I see from L.A. actors and things like that, it's the hunger mm -hmm. and it's the understanding that this opportunity 
is not something that is owed to you. Mm. You had to work for this. Yeah. And that's I'm just saying the vibe of what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody's like this, but my experience is on set. I've seen some people who are so arrogant to think, oh, I got this role. So now it's about me. No, no. I, I had a very early on. My mentor, Sterling, I'll bring him up again. He came down and gave me a production sheet one time. He sat me down in his office. He's like, let's go through this, right? First thing I saw was line producer. Mm-hmm. And I see everybody's like titles and the money they have and everything like that. At the very bottom, you know what it said? What, actors? Exactly. 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 Tell it. Yeah, we like, I want you to remember this, right? Yeah. Because you can't be so arrogant to think that you're, you're this. When you have a name and you're producing and you're putting money into this project and you have that presence and you you've done your ten thousand hours and you have films to, that have made people laugh cry happy whatever and you can do that then you can start feeling like oh you know i'm something but even you need to stay humble at that point too before that happens don't even try and i've seen it with people who are like drama queens or whatever and i'm like dude that may work for some people i can't tell you what what won't work but i just feel like in the long run that won't i don't know yeah. your reputation will be tarnished because of that yeah and all you have is your word when you die man like you have with your legacy and i don't i don't want mine to be looked at like that at all so. no that's a that's definitely a good way to think about because you know you do get a lot of that type of and I, like i said i don't want to pinpoint you know sacramento stuff but that's where we're at you know mm-hmm. yeah but like you do get a lot of that and i feel like a lot of it, it comes from um people not willing to take the chance to um one get find good mentorship i feel like mentorship is the one probably like the most important thing um if you want to like navigate especially up here navigate your active career and then willing to take the chance to travel to get out of the sacramento area like i said being on the big sets like um like jexy being on like 13 reasons why mm-hmm. and then like how you say you see all these moving parts that go on um behind the scenes of it you you really do get that sense of like oh this is this is way bigger than just me being me wanting to be famous. This is way bigger than me just wanting to get some screen time. And like you said, when you when you look at the the the, the sheet of like the you know the payroll and all that stuff, I'm all like, yeah, actors, we get taken care of last. Like you, like people got to understand like when that audition process comes in, like when you get that that part for the audition, like everything else has already been taken care of. Mm-hmm. Everything else has been taken care of. Like actors as big as the Eagles as we have, like we're 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 really at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, you. Like I said, it's a humbling thing, man. You can't be so arrogant. And I, the, Samuel Jackson said this before. When someone comes to the movie theater and they come to watch me on screen, I have an obligation to, for however long it is, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, to take them on a journey and an experience where they can just forget about life. Mm-hmm. And some people don't take that seriously enough. Like when you, when I tell somebody, hey, I got this project I did, check this out on my YouTube or check this out or whatever that's going on. I'm asking you to give me one of the most valuable things you have in your life, which is time. You're not going to get that back. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I want you to enjoy this or get something from it. Yeah. Learn something. Be better, whatever it is. And when I work on someone's set, that's what I need to bring. That same intensity for whatever role it is that I'm doing. I want to be a part of this and be happy enough to say when somebody, an audience comes and watches their film, they go, that guy did it. Or that moment made me think of something. Or this is whatever it was. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you you owe that experience to your audience as an actor, as an artist. And some people just don't take it that seriously. And that's fine because everybody has their molds or whatever they want to do. I'm not going to tell anyone what to do, but I know for me, it's that important. 
because I, I bring that energy into everything that I do. Yeah, because I said definitely, and then going back to like working on projects that are not your own. Yeah, will definitely do that because, like I said, once you if you just kept constantly getting that mode of I'm doing my own project, doing my own project, doing your own project. Yeah, it's cool. It's you know gives you a pat on the back, but that's also the stuff that um, puts that battery in your back too. That that drives the ego, like oh I'm the shit or I'm this or I'm that. Yeah. Or, duh, 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 duh. You gotta you gotta you gotta find that balance to where like yeah that ego to like keep pushing you forward, but then also that humility to understand that like. There, there's a whole bigger picture. That yeah, just and it'll, it'll limit you too, though, because mm-hmm. if you continue to put yourself in that box, what it is is you forget to serve. Yeah, you have to give in order to receive. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so, if you stop doing that and you just think, "Oh, I'm just gonna be me, me, me," or do my, my, my stuff, and I'm having everyone that's it's almost like that person who has a mansion, right? And he keeps having the parties at his house. Well, you guys are lucky that you're in my house at my mansion doing this party. Someone else has a mansion too. Yeah, you lucky you got a mansion. Yeah, someone yeah. else has a yacht. Mm-hmm. We can just go over there. Yeah. So then, what if you throw these parties and nobody comes? What if you want to make projects and write movies and no one wants to be in them? I mean, now, now you you screwed, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to stay humble throughout the entire process and be thankful for the people that come along the journey with you and pay that back to them. So I agree with you one hundred percent, man. Although you were doing your own thing, don't turn down other people that may be asking you for help. Or think you'll be an essential part of what it is that they're doing, especially if it's worth your time. Now, if it's somebody you know you don't get along with, I would recommend you yeah. keep that professional and just not yeah. mess with them. But yeah. yeah, man, if you can give your time and help people do it. Yeah, there are there's definitely personalities yep. that come with this and stuff like that. So yeah, understand, you know, you're you're be be of service. But yeah, when, if you come around somebody who is not gonna appreciate it or you know, not or whatever it may be, then yeah, you just there's no, there's nothing wrong with saying no. As many times as you hear no in this industry, it, it's okay to tell the people, you know, who you get those bad vibes, those bad energy from. Like, no, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's learning to say no is is essential. Mm-hmm. It's key. Um, there's a couple of people I'm not gonna name names, but I know in my mind right now that I would never work with again, or I, I don't want to do any business with. <laughs> and uh, I just keep it that way and yeah. keep it uh, professional, man. So. Yeah, it's 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 dope. So to yeah. learn the whole process is really good. Man. Yeah. So um, I know because uh, like Golden hasn't come out yet, so we can't really yeah. talk too much about that. But there was a feature film that you had did a while ago from out here in Sacramento that did go through the whole process from pre-production, production, now post-production. I got put out. It was this movie called um, uh, South Central. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you had played um a coach yep. in that movie. Yep. With LT Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First my first independent film mm-hmm. what i had a, a principal role in so yeah yeah okay so you you play so it's a movie about like you know track and field athlete yeah. um you played the coach in that movie matter of fact and what the lead was it amaru amaru davis yeah shout out to amaru yeah, shout out to amaru diggs yeah Falls, all the deja yeah. all you guys man yeah shout out to everybody that was a part of that film and stuff Alicia, like that clark man yeah. all y'all steph steph sanders all yep. of them um so would you, that's also like the thing that is so dope, bro. Like, would, like, would you like a, like being of service to people? Like, cause like I said, that's, that's, that was his project. That was his baby. Like everybody came together, helped him get it done. That you, you were able to see the fruits of that labor because like I said, there was, he was doing multiple premier sport out here in the Sacramento area and stuff yeah. like that. Um, what was that like from you being able to like, kind of see like the finished product of like, when all the hard work is done, you'd be like, you're, you're at the premiere now. You like, you're like because that's our time to i feel like where we could boost our ego and like show like this this is the hard work that we put up here 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 it is for display so it was a gratifying moment for me for 
multiple factors. First and foremost, I'm going to say LT put in a lot of work into that. There's a lot of hours, a lot of time. He stressed and struggled to get that film made. And he would not have been able to do that without Alicia Wright, who's one of his producers on there, and Clark Langon, who came in. One of my close friends uh, came in and helped with the project. And we met on that project. We're very close friends now. But those two people were essential in, in that and really showed the unity of what is necessary in filmmaking. And so it was gratifying to see the three of them able to celebrate this baby mm-hmm. that LT created, had, and all of that. And then he put it into the world, right? So that was really dope to see. The second thing was, or one of the other things was to see my name in credits. Yeah, That is one of those things that is very surreal when you when you see it after all the work is done, because you don't know where these films are going to go. That's mm-hmm. one of the things people don't know about the industry. Like you could put in a lot of work in something and it gets shelved. Yeah. Or you'll never see it. I yeah. mean, and that happens to a lot of films. So to be able to make that trek and get to that part of the journey was just amazing. And, you know, obviously to celebrate with cast members and things like that. But I would say for me, I was happy to share it with my family. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest things my grandparents were able to come out and see that. So I was very proud of that and to show them that I'm not just saying it, I'm actually doing it. Like you can yeah. see what it is I'm doing. Yeah. And I saw how much I grew as an actor. And I'm, I mean, I'm my own worst critic, but it was so funny to see myself. I was like, wow, boy, you're pretty good. Yeah. You're not bad. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, dude, like, bro, you're not bad, man. Cause I, I will tell myself, I don't like this and I, I didn't do this right. And man, I should have done this. And when it comes out on, 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 on tape and everyone and film and everybody sees it, everybody's going, no, Lamando, it was great. You did a great job. I'm so much thinking about, I need to do this and do this better. And then when I see the final result, I'm like, wow, you yeah. gotta be grateful. You gotta be grateful for what it is you're doing, your ability. So that was, those three things I would say were some of the biggest stuff that, that I took away from that and um, that experience. And I was like, man, I wanna make this a familiar thing. I'm gonna share a story with you real quick. Oh, yeah. So during the pandemic, I was at a very, very low time in my life, man. I like, I lost myself and I mean, really lost my mind, man. Uh, many, many years ago, which I won't get into too much. I had, I had contemplations and thoughts of suicide, man. I was gonna kill myself years and years ago. And during the pandemic, I could just feel myself going into that dark place. And my wife was pregnant and things like that. And everything I had worked for in the acting you know, industry had shut down, mm-hmm. obviously, right? And she took me to go see Tenet. You know, Nolan is one of my favorite directors. And so she took me to go say, see that. And I saw John David Washington, Robert Patterson perform for that movie. And it was like this moment happened, man, where God was speaking to me and the energy in the world was all aligning. And as soon as that film went to credits, I looked my wife dead in her eyes and I said, I can do that. And I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I said, what John David Washington just did, major movie production, all that stuff, Lee, I'm going to do that. And I said, I promise you that. And she was like, I believe you. And so, you know, she was just happy about it. But you fast forward to seeing North Central, I got a little taste of that. I saw yeah. my name up there. I wasn't the principal. I wasn't the main character, but I saw that. And I said, this was an independent film. This is a feature, right? Wasn't a big scale, you know, budget film. But it was something. Yeah, feature is a feature. And I saw myself up there and I said, man, okay. And little things like that, the momentum you get for that, just like 
being on Golden, when that goes to premieres and does all that stuff, that little feeling is going to come back because you are affirming to what it is you said you were going to do. Mm -hmm. And I just use that as energy, man. So, yeah, yeah. it's like say, because like I said, with the comp, not well, comedy too, but like with the acting and stuff like that, you you never know what, like I say, you never know what's going to happen with these projects or anything like that. So, like, I understand completely what you're talking mm -hmm. about, like from the from the, the the mental aspect, because then it's not only like um like you, but that it's also like you know the people around you. You got like, man, do they like? Because everybody had their own level of like what fame is, or because this isn't a, also this isn't like a normal job to pursue. No. So like a lot of people under, don't understand the aspect of like what it means to like really work your way up into this industry. Yep. So definitely like with the the the, the mental aspect is something that um really doesn't go doesn't really get talked about yeah in this industry especially because everything is um so glamorized to make it look so beautiful like this 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 diamond but people don't understand the 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 the, the, the mental game that it plays on us as well and stuff like that um i know for me like i said i was caught this the same exact thing like maybe it was probably about like in 2000 well comedy is the thing that got me out of my suicidal thoughts so it's probably mm. in about like 2000 2016 as like i said acting was going really good and stuff like that i just did um a short film out here that was called the the two gamers and in that movie we had um the bailiff from uh judge judy um he, he actually used to stay out here in elk grove okay but yeah but he moved to new york but he he was he had a cameo in the movie and everything so he was in there but it was going to all these fucking film festivals boop 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 but then like you know within my whole acting circle and stuff like that um they all turned out to be like you know racist people they were like wow. they're like we don't really i mean congratulations on the work that you're doing buddy but we're never going to put you know black people in our films and all this type of jazz and it's all like that that fucked up game you're like damn man like all this work that i just put in and it it could literally lead, lead to nowhere and knowing as slim as the chances are right now like just as how slim as the chances are to like make it just knowing that there, there's people in my circle that was not only trying to see my downfall but literally going out of their way to see that i don't succeed you know um comedy was the thing for me that was able to like just put it out there in the open uh give me a uh like my brain a refresher something to kind of like um redirect you know my you know my thoughts and like what i wanted to pursue and stuff like that it just gave me um gave me that outlet i think we was going to talk about we was talking about this at the beginning of the podcast and stuff like that but just the whole um mental thing like now so now after you um, you know, get your head right, uh, you know, get, you know, reaffirm, okay, this is what I want to do. What are some of the things that you, you, you do now to keep that, uh, to keep your head straight? Okay. So my son was born in 2021 and that was a life-changing moment for me, June 24th. I came home, you know, like I said, in the pandemic, lost a lot of stuff. And I saw my wife and my son and I sat there and I said, okay, I need to stop talking about this and I need to be this person that I imagined I could be. And so I had to start fixing my mental and fixing myself. So story goes, I read David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. He's one of the greatest teachers I've ever had that I've never met. And I don't think he would care even to meet me or care that I was praising him right now, but I have to do it because of my own convictions. And once I read that book, I started to read the Bible. And I went to Psalms and Proverbs. I've talked about this to people multiple times over. I went to the books of wisdom and I wanted to learn guidance. And I started studying Stoics. And then 
I took all of those components and David Goggins always talks about doing something that you hate to do. So I never was a, a long distance runner. And I, I just, I, I always make excuses about never doing that. So I said, okay, I'm gonna start running. And my first times were terrible. I was exhausted. I knew how much out of shape I was. I always like lifted weights and did calisthenics, but I didn't run. So I didn't have any win. And when I started doing that, what I noticed is that I don't use music. So I don't turn on headphones with music and that's a distraction. Oh, okay. So, you know, either I'm listening to a podcast, an audiobook, something that's teaching me while I'm doing it. But when I first started out, I would run two to three miles without any music and I would just listen to my own internal thoughts. So all the insecurities I have, all the negative stuff that I say about myself, all the things people have said about me in the past that I hold on to, I had to face all of that in those runs. It was like a meditation, so to speak, for me. And I kept going back and kept going back and kept going back because I was like, every time I do this, I'm correcting something. I'm learning something about myself. And so you fast forward two years later, as we're in the new year, so I'll be going on my third year with all of this. Um, dude, I've run a half marathon. I ran my first marathon last year. And it wasn't about just the glory of doing that. We talk about mental. This is how I connect this. And I please, uh, man, I want everybody out there to feel me. If you are creative, this is not just for actors. And I'm not saying you have to run. I'm not saying that's your thing. Find that thing that you do not like to do that challenges you and you keep going back to it. Man, when I was in that marathon race, and I can't stress this enough. I was in so much pain. I trained properly to finish, but I didn't train to go on time. I was in so much pain with my body. No one there to help me. All these things, I was isolated and alone, but I never quit on myself and I finished that whole race through. Now, how that correlates to acting, the runs that I go on, that is my acting journey. Just feel me on this. That is my acting journey. I've almost been hit by cars. I'm always been, I've been chased by dogs. I've fallen. I've been exhausted. I've probably almost passed out, probably been dehydrated. All of these problems that come with running right mm -hmm. feet messed up shin splints back pain all that right i say well you know what all of what i'm feeling right now is going to happen in the film industry there are going to be days i don't want to go to set yeah. there's going to be days people are going to yell at me say nasty things to me they're going to curse me out they're going to talk about my back they're going to try to sell me out they're going to say this they're going to say that all of these negative things that are going to come in the way to stop you are going to happen and i told myself if i quit on this run I'll quit on the drink. And I tell myself all the time, I can't do that. My mantra, man, when everything gets hard for me, dude, and I start to feel sad or whatever, I tell myself, man, as long as your heart beats, God won't give up on you. Mm -hmm. So you can't give up on him. Yeah. And, I, and I stay true to that, man. And I'm very disciplined in that way. And it's helped me with my mental, man, and, and my spiritual journey. And that's what keeps me focused because the end goal of all this is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. It's not just about me. I'm not, it's not just the fame and, the money and all that stuff. No, it's so that when I get to where I'm going, I can help so many other people who also thought this probably would never be possible for them. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I stay true to that, man. And it's all about building a network and people around you. And, you know, Sandra D, she's another one. She's a big component of this with the spiritual aspect. When she took me under her wing and started teaching me the additional parts of my acting and the business, she was so, so potent telling me Lamondo, you got to get your spirit right i know you believe in god but you got to get right with your spirit and you got to feel that you got to find that security in yourself and man she was 100 right and ever since i've done all that stuff man my mind has been 
so much better and so much clearer. I don't take things personally. You know, my Sterling he gave me the book, uh, The Four Agreements. If you guys have not read that, please read that with Don Miguel Ruiz. It's a great book. It's a very short read. But I take all that stuff into account, man, and it's just shaped me to be the man that I am. So I think all artists need to find that gear and the mental part of the race, just as much as it's the glitz and glam, all the other stuff. Understand that this is bigger than you. Mm. And keep yourself humble. Don't shy away from that, man. Don't run away from those lessons that life is teaching you. And be grateful for the things that you do have. Because I'll tell you right now, bro, and I know you're going to feel me on this. Sometimes you wallow and you think about the things you don't have, right? Mm -hmm. But the stuff you have now was once things you only wished you had. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, it's real. Yeah. You yeah. get caught up in the wave of everything in entertainment, but you don't understand, man. You got so much more now than yeah, you, you had when you started. Yeah, you get so caught up in the thinking that this is a destination and not like like the journey and not really appreciated like the yeah, like I say, just things that like I would look at now and be like, damn, look, I don't appreciate the small things, but those small things back then, like those are like huge things to me. Yeah. You know, and definitely how you talk about with um uh the spiritual a gig, right? With um uh, whoever your god is, we don't want to, you know, preach yeah. religion. But we don't, yeah, we're we don't not, want to preach we're not gonna preach, you know, yeah, you no. know, preacher not trying to sell you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like but like just having some type of um, you know, faith in what it like just faith. Um, having that connection with God it would be like with the spiritual and stuff like that. It it is something necessary because like and that's something that I noticed too. Like I trying to um um like with this year, especially my whole thing was all like I just want to get back to the basics of acting. I want to because I felt like especially like with this past year, um definitely got, I said what well, got lost in the sauce or whatever, you know. Um and it got to the point to where like damn I'm over here like really pursuing my dream, my goals were like I'm over here like producing maybe like eight comedy shows a month that it's just rolling like boom 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 and everything is flowing and stuff like that and i was like damn but like for some reason i just don't really you know enjoy this like i lost like the, the fun with it mm. and i think the fun comes with ha like having that spiritual connection to god having somebody that you could actually like sit up there and like oh man thank you know thank him for it and stuff like that and somebody that you could always just go back and you know talk to like i said pray praying reading the bible and things of that nature like people like how you're saying really don't understand that type of connection of having mm. a strong spiritual belief and then having a strong belief in what you're going to do especially with um acting and filmmaking it's definitely necessary yeah i mean i'll, I'll tell you right now i i'm going to coin a phrase that i've heard multiple times this isn't my original stuff but going back to scratch mm. right like i tell myself with everything i do so i, I study film every single day I don't care what it is. Studio Binder is one of the greatest YouTube channels I've ever come across. Uh, I learned so much from that. But I study film every day and I try my best to write every single day something um, to keep my acting skills sharp. And I always go back and review my film. Now that I edit some of my own stuff, I, I'm able to watch myself I'm like, OK, I'm going to do this. Or I watch scenes when I film study and I'm like, OK, I'm going to try that. Or, you know, what is he doing or what is she doing there? So on and so forth. And. Uh, I didn't even mention this to you before we started the podcast, but my film Need a Lift, that was my first short that I, you know, that I wrote. And Clark Langone is a producer on it. Alex Skoke, he's also a producer. And um, he was a co-writer. He came in and helped me adjust some of the stuff that didn't make sense in my writing. And then, you know, I have my DP, John Lucas, Kendrick Daniels, another great actor. I'm pretty sure you know about him. Tyrone Diggs, 
Yeah, Tyrone. Baby, yeah. you be Tyrone was on uh, Freaky Tales. Freaky Tales is coming to uh, Sunday soon. Yeah, shout out to Tyrone. Yeah, um, Eric Falls is in there. And my, my brother, uh, Jesse Taylor, was on the project. And uh, Sherelle Daniels, Kendrick's wife, and Alicia Wright is also on the project. But that film is in the film festivals right now. And it's circulating around, and it'll be um, in the SAC Movie Bus Film Festival later on this year. But I, I bring that project up, and I talk about family and spiritual, because that project within itself was a huge, huge eye-opening moment. Um, once we filmed that and we got it done, it was like everything was in the wind after that. Because I just thought, I, I was like, this is going to be some real footage from my friends. And like, we can all come together and do this. Mm-hmm. Man, we got a colorist. Uh, Brenton came on, shout out to Brenton. Um, and uh, Patrick, the, our music composer, who had a meeting with Clark and wanted to come on with that, man. It was it was just divine intervention that these people wanted to help us because we didn't we didn't have money to pay them like you know we were doing everything on our own and man we went to a film festival last year in los angeles and dude i'll tell you when those people were watching that film and i they laughed when they needed to people felt sad when they needed to and at the end they were like wow that was a really good film to be around people who do not know you don't owe you nothing Mm -hmm. you know audiences are Brutally honest, as a, as a comic, you know this. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, in an yeah, environment, yeah. people do not pull punches. They will tell you you suck. Mm-hmm. You know, stage, whatever. And when I got to see the reactions, because I didn't tell anyone that I was the writer or whatever I was in it with the audiences, people had great responses, man. And it was so heartwarming to feel that. And I said, man, this ain't, this can't be anything more than hard work in God, man. Yeah. Like, I just like, you, I just can't. Because I can't create that. I can't artificially manifest that moment. One dude came up to me straight up, which was just like, bro, I'm going to tell you right now, yours, your movie felt like a movie. Everybody else stuff felt like it like, or some of these other people, so I'm not going to say everybody else stuff, but he's like, some of the stuff I've seen, looked like it was like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, yours was like a movie. Like, you had me feeling like, wow. He's like, man, I'm actually inspired by that. Mm-hmm. I don't know this cat. You know, we met that day. Mm-hmm. And he told me that. And I was just like, man, I'm in my purpose. This is the, the road that has been paved for me. This is what God is calling me and telling me this is what you need to do. So stick to that. Yeah. Don't fight it. And I'm not saying for people who have like Hollywood dreams and stuff like that, that you can't do that. I do believe everyone has a role to play mm-hmm. and someone can do roles that, that you can't do. I can have a whole bunch of range. I think I'm a very dope actor. I don't brag on myself and I probably should do that more. But I let my work show for that. Yeah. You can watch my work and then you can evaluate yourself and see, mm-hmm. okay, this dude isn't messing around. But there are roles you can play that I can't play. Mm-hmm. There are things you can do that are unique to you that I will never be able to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And I think people just need to understand that and know that that's the truth and be humble with it, man. Yeah. Like you don't have to be the next person. Just be yourself. Just be you. Exactly, man. Just be you. Just um, like I said, put your best, be the best you that you can be. And that's really how you say what it what it's about, man. It's about putting it's about Put it in the work because this is a job. This is a business. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not about looking good and stuff. Like it's about putting it in the work. And then at the end of the day, man, just leaving it up to God. Yeah. And then just it, it just go, and then it'll just grow from there and stuff like that. I know, at least because like with talking about like with all the mentors and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. like, because like, my mentor who I had, um, once I left that whole acting school, you know, got my mind right and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my mentor, his name was, uh, Lionel Gardner and stuff like that. Like, what, like I'll tell you, like when I first started working on like movie sets and stuff like that, I was bad. 
<laughs> I was bad. I would do things that like I, I I didn't know it was bad. Like I called it like, oh, I'm, I'm taking souvenirs. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> from around the way, we gonna leave with something. <laughs> I'm exactly. I'm like, if I'm not leaving with the line, I'm leaving with something here. You know what I'm saying? So, but then he was like, no, that's called stealing. You're stealing yeah. props from a movie. So I was like, oh, my bad. But just having, um, um, but like, was he like really like put me under his shoulder? He's like, man, now let me show you how how things work and stuff like that. Like, like I said, like. Early, like had nothing to do like i learned so much about being like a professional actor from just the way he lived outside of being on a movie set mm-hmm. you know like how you say like being so gracious to people you know just saying hello there being humble dude like or always praying like i said just having god like damn there's 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 definitely that um that connection there bro it is it's, it is hard like we could we could speak on it all day about the connection that you really have to have like spiritually wise like if you're going to pursue the journey like we literally could go on it on a tangent all day but be like oh, man, that's not you like no man like all the whole blitz the glamour the famous side bro like if you really want to pursue this bro like the thing that you're going to really want to do is, is get right with whoever your god is yeah there, there's a, a man that i came across and i don't know if he wanted me to mention his name but he's a, a friend of mine and we've grown a, a good friendship over the course of the last year some of the best advice I've ever gotten in my life. He told me, Lamondo, don't chase Hollywood, chase people. Yeah. And it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, one of my mentors always tells me Hollywood comes a knocking when you, when you least need it. But to chase people and not Hollywood was a huge paradigm shift for me. I mean, it's one of the essential lessons I learned in 2023. Although 2023 had a lot of lessons it taught me. The most valuable currency that we have is relationships. Right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when times are rough and things start falling down, you can have a million dollars in your bag mm-hmm. and you can take that from house to house and say, hey, man, can you put me up for a couple of weeks and help me? You know, all this crazy stuff's going on. Someone to take that money and then put you up. But when that money starts, to, you know, when that yeah. water went dry, yeah. they go yeah. like, hey, man, you know, you ain't got this no more. If they love you, it's unconditional. Mm-hmm. I don't need that bag. Just come be with me. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. They will take care of you. Mm-hmm. And I just think in this business, it's so essential to do that and have that understanding with people and to treat everyone kindly because you truly do not know who people will become. Yeah. I mean, I've had people, not a lot, but I've had some people say some stuff to me that was like, wow, okay, that was very disrespectful. And I'm, and they, you know, it's like, yeah, and I'm this and that. I'm like, okay. Just remember who you're talking to, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One day, yeah. that's not, I'm not going to be this naive kid that you think that I am that has whatever dreams. No, you'll mm-hmm. see that. And then when I sit across from you, it's going to be a whole different ballgame. You'll be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. One thing people really do not understand about this business, man, it is, it is small. And with like mm-hmm. what goes around really comes around the same. As long as you stay persistent in this business in some type of way, I mean, even if you're, you know, bad or good or whatever it may be, you're going to run into those people again. And those people that were doing good, man, they're going to be on a whole higher level than where you at. If you're over here doing bad shit on other people's goals, shit yeah. on their, other people's ambitions, just to just to big up your own ego and stuff like that. You're going to look around. You're going to look up and be like, damn, I'm in the same place I was. And this person, he's all the way up. He's like, man, what the heck? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to. You're going to see those things. And I mean, whether that it humbles them or not, I don't know. But it doesn't really matter to me because I know I did that. I know that's how the game works. So it's always um, uh, this is always an industry about paying it for it. Like if you like talk about money and stuff like that, no, the only thing we're paying is we're paying it for it. Mm-hmm. You, you 
whoever helped lifted you up, man, do the same exact thing, you know, or, and vice versa. Even if somebody never helped you out, man, like I remember, like I said, like with Lionel and stuff like that, like, like when he has seen me work on his movesets, like same thing, like with you and Eric Viking. It's like, man, you got like that or or something about you. Like, man, if you ever need a place to stay while you're you're out here, man, just let me know. And I was like, same thing, like how you say, like with the million dollars. I was like, all right, man, if you say so, if you like, mm-hmm. don't put that battery in my back, if you don't say. But like, yeah, like I started booking auditions. I was like, hey, man, I need a place to stay. He's like, all right, bro, get the air mattress out ready for you and everything like that. So when people would see me on the in like these movie sets and all that stuff, they're like, damn, man, you on every set, man, you on every set. I'm all like, well, I got somebody looking out for me, bro. Mm-hmm. I truly got somebody like like the success that I've garnered from like 2018 all the way up to like 2021. That's when I know I passed away, 2022, something like that. Yeah, but from that, I was like, like, like I would give him like majority of my success. I would, I would give to him just because I was all like, I'm all like, I'm not like it's a long ass drive all the way out to the Bay Area and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? So just having somebody that's all like understands what it's like being on the road or this that life. So it's like, yeah, man, just stay here. Just do the work. Just do your job. Be on sets. You 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 got a place to crash, man. And so, like I said, once you start to like level up and you see that and stuff like that, you're just gonna look around and you be like, damn, it was a whole lot of people that helped me get to this place. Yeah, I a mean, whole and, lot. I mean, because you mentioned the bears, so I just I would be remiss if I didn't mention. So I'm from out of Richmond, California. That mm-hmm. was that was that's my stomping grounds. <laughs> Grew up there, spent 18 years of my life. So that's where I saw a lot of. A lot of the this and that and got a lesson in life uh being out there my family and you know all the deaths and murders that i experienced and everything like that um lost happy times too made some my best friends uh in life that i'll have till i die uh, all of that comes from the bay and it's funny when you when i was driving back and forth going to the bay what i saw out there as far as like in the movie scene and like filmmaking scene it's interesting because every city has its own like thing. Yeah. Like LA, from what I've seen, those people just operate at a different frequency, man. I mean, everybody is moving, man. Yeah. Like when I had that film festival out there, I was like impressed with all these brothers that I saw, these directors and writers, man. USC film school, UCLA film school, New York. I'm like, man, and we don't have none of that. I'm like, we don't have no producers helping us. It's yeah. not no None of this stuff, but we stood with these giants and these dudes. When I was talking to them, oh, they were happy to show their moves, but they're like, oh, yeah, bro, we got this and this in the works. Yeah. I took that and went home with that. And I was like, oh, man, this is how I got to operate. I got to, I got to be like these brothers. Like, I got to raise myself up. San Francisco, the same thing. When I saw the movie scenes out there and I was like on the bigger sets, because in Sacramento, I haven't, outside of Golden, I haven't been on a humongous set like with Jexy. Like, that was freaking huge. Like, there were so many components to that. And people and like 13 Reasons had a whole bunch of people on their shoot days. But um, yeah, it's just to go back to it's the I'm going to say the the vibe in the community, like because Sacramento is so small with its filmmakers. A lot of the people, you, you know, a lot of the same people when you're out here working with people. Mm-hmm. And I think Sacramento has a, a much more chill vibe. Yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> I can tell you, like on the 13 Reasons, like there were some people who were just like, you don't do this and you don't and you're a background i'm like man these are people first like yeah, yeah. relax bro. yeah, yeah like, i've yeah, never yeah. felt that out here mm-hmm. um and then on the la stuff like that i've been on fortunately i haven't done any like big background in la so i can't speak to that yet mm-hmm. but for san francisco and the bay man yeah it's it's definitely different you see yeah. where people are with it man so yeah i yeah, just wanted to, to drop that in there no it is it's definitely like that. i would say like 
like Sacramento up here, like our film, like we don't have a film industry. We just have a film community. Yep. Like everybody here is neighbors and stuff like that. So it's not really necessarily like up here, like we're dealing deals and stuff. Wop, 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 wop. It's more so like, hey, man, you got some sugar I can borrow? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of what it's like. Hey, help me make this Kool-Aid or whatever it may be. Like, oh, I got a barbecue going on, man. It's, it's, this, it's kind of like everybody's got to pitch it together. Um, and then like say down in LA, like I've never worked on anything in, in LA, mm-hmm. but I've worked on a couple of projects in like San Francisco where like they were, you know, LA productions and they yeah. just brought the crew up there with yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. So yeah. I've worked, I worked with LA crews and like, man, let me, like how you say, they work at a oh, way different frequency, way different frequency, way faster, like, like one assholes, <laughs> like they'd be some, they could be some assholes, but that's just, cause that's, that's just what it is. They like, like, we got to get like very militaristic like i could say almost mm-hmm. like where they're like you got to get this done this done this done and if you don't like yeah we're yelling you at you we're cussing you out and yeah. i mean it's it's really a, a lesson in time is money man mm-hmm. get with it or get lost yeah you know i mean you either you're gonna sink or swim mm-hmm. for me i thrive in those environments yeah i yeah. like that type of stuff yeah like I, yeah i love to be in the environment where everyone's trying to bring out the best in everyone but i also understand that's not for everyone yeah not everyone is equipped to handle that. They can't, yeah, the constructive criticism. And, and just, that's another part of like this industry. You have to be honest with yourself about like, if you are not going to, I tell my wife this all the time, the person that I grew up being, the humble, sweet kid who was always trying to put everybody before himself and all these other things, that's fine. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that person but in order to be where i want to be in this business and where i want to go in life and the things i want to do in my life oh that has to be a totally different individual yeah you have to cultivate a person that can withstand everything Mm -hmm. so that's where all the lessons and everything come into play and i think that some people take things too personally and they feel attacked or they feel jaded when they're around community or Communities or um, I'm gonna say sets like that, the culture, when it's like you gotta adapt, you have to learn how to adapt to that. Yeah. Because that is what the movie industry is. Not saying the bad stuff, but I'm saying just working on set, the pacing, knowing your lines, knowing that scripts can change. Mm-hmm. Like some people don't understand that. Script revisions are a real thing, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You will you will have something the night before, you will go to sleep for maybe four or five hours as talent because you think that, oh man, I did this 12 hour a day. Bro, it's people in production that ain't slept. Like, Got it. like oh, 24 yeah. hours, 48 hours, they're going on caffeine, wired. You wake up in the morning, oh, yeah, the writers wrote this for you today. What? Last mm-hmm. night I had to step. Yeah, they're changing it. This is the business, right, mm-hmm. to get that beautiful result. So, again, like we said in the beginning of the conversation, you have to stay humble, man. Mm-hmm. You have to understand this is a part of the culture because everyone is trying to go for the best product that they can. Mm-hmm. That's their intention. Yeah. No one sets out to make a bad film. I don't think anyone does that. Yeah. No matter how terrible the movie is. <laughs> like, that was not our goal. Right. <laughs> the goal was not to make it bad, but some people just are not. This is not what you want to do. Yeah. Like, for example, I ain't no rapper. Mm-hmm. It's not me. I can be okay with that. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a singer. I can be okay with that. Yeah. Be real with who you are. Yeah. If you are not meant for this industry, if you are not an actor, if you cannot handle production, all that stuff. Be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't keep lying to yourself because yeah. it's gonna it's gonna expose you. It will. It will. It will definitely expose you. If so- sooner sooner or later, it will expose you because you're either gonna like I say, you're just gonna see yourself just plateauing, or once you finally you know get the cojones or whatever to like step into that you know that bigger 
production. You're gonna walk into it like so. You're gonna walk into it with that that whole like it's all about me type of thing. Like like say for instance, um, when I was working off Freaky Tales with Tyrone or whatever, mm-hmm. like I was gonna like me knowing what like what it is as a, to be a background actor, knowing that like okay, I'm just here to fill up the scene to make it realistic. I'm not here to get all this camera time. I'm not here to like look at this like oh this is gonna be my big moment. I'm just here to like I said do a job which is to be extra you know say so i just gotta just fill up the scene as the whatever the assistant director wants me to do and then when i'm done being on that scene um in the back i'm networking with people that's my job as a background actor um knowing that but then like you, you could get somebody who like i said you're, you're so constantly just working on your own project working on your own project used to being the star of these projects and stuff like that when you get to like on a set and you are a background and you realize that oh i'm not going to get this camera time oh you mean I'm, this isn't this isn't all about me like this this 10 seconds right here is not all about me like what like it could it could be a real head like like yeah like, what the? i mean and i think this is the the street side of me that's going to come out learn to play your position like yeah. you just yeah. have to like it, it's not a again it's not personal man but some things you just you're not you're not ready for that moment or this is just not your moment. And I know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. about people who they think it's about them or they think because I'm on this movie is dude. No, it, it's not though, bro. Like it, it really isn't. And like you said, you got to know where you are and that's okay. Yeah. Not everybody can be an A ball. Somebody's got to be a trigger bell. Somebody's got to yep. be, <laughs> Man, somebody's got to be a wee bay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, everyone plays their position and you know, sometimes like, Devon Franklin is a book called The Ten Hollywood Commandments. And one of the commandments that I am always preaching to people is, I believe it's number four, learning to carry a crown before you can wear one. Yeah. I never forget that because you have to learn how to carry a crown. You have to play your position. Yeah. There is when people see mega stars like I don't. For example, one of the people I really want to work with and meet. Mahershala Ali mm. out of Hayward, right? Mm-hmm. I did my research. I went to St. Mary's. I was, I was like, man, I'm from Richmond. If I ever get to meet him, I'm gonna talk to him. I'm like, man, we we come from the same, we come from around the way. Yeah. Just like with Ryan Cooler. I'm like, man, bro, I'm gonna have so much to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bring him up because he is a beautiful example of someone who plays a position. You got all this stuff, like you know, the moonlight and everything, but what was so crazy about it when he did green but he said you know i've never been the lead in any of my roles that blew my mind because i'm like you look at it you're like no he's never been number one on the call list what and you see how amazing he is but Mm -hmm. he's never been number one yeah and he said as an actor it just he just never wanted to put himself in a box he always Mm -hmm. wanted to be able to move around and shake and do things and that's what i'm saying play your position play to your strengths not saying he can't lead because he can't but he knew it was timing. Mm. There'll be a time for that when I want to do that. Yeah. But right now I want to do this and I'm going to excel. And I'm going to be the best at it. And mm. I'm, I'm going to execute. And I say that to everybody else. Like right now may not be that time where you are the actor everyone knows about the movie star. But maybe that time comes later. Maybe it's after you put in the work and you've gone through your hardships and you learn. And maybe you create it for yourself. Yeah. But just before you get to that point, man, stay humble and be gracious to everybody around you and learn everything they have to teach you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this one story and stuff like that because um because I um like I worked on like I said the last Black Man in San Francisco with um 
we said we said Jeremiah was on that. He yeah. was like, well, the ADs or whatever. But like I was I was the stand-in for um Jonathan Bajors. Okay. And um this was before everything, you know what I mean? This was 2018. And like I said, just just how you say, like he was every day on set, he would be like talk to the hair makeup ladies, all of them just greeting them, you know, the the sound and all that stuff, just really humble, really really great dude on set to be around. Um and then when it came down to his acting, I remember there was one scene where like um one of the one of the actors he ended up getting killed or whatever and stuff like that. And so for the scene, like he basically was just had a poor tears, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just bawling, crying. And every single fucking take, crying, bro. He just hit his mark every time, just fucking crying, crying, crying. And that was at that moment right there was kind of like the moment where I said, I was like, man, like this is what it's like to be a lead actor. This is what it's like to to be prepared and stuff like that. And then with him, like I said, as talented as he was, like he knew he was the shit, you know, but then just carrying that humility and stuff like that. Like I even showed him some of my stand-up clip. I was like, Here, here's this. He's like, give me like a little more. Hey, bro, you're really fucking talented, bro. Like mm-hmm. keep doing this thing and shit like that. But then like maybe we got like four weeks into like the set, like four weeks into the production or whatever. He had got it. He ended up getting a call. And it was a call from uh, Jordan Peele. Talk about like, cause that's, he had got cast for um, Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. right there on the set of uh, A Last Black Man in San Francisco. And that was probably like my aha moment to like, bring, like how you say, you just gotta really just wait for your time. Because like I said, just see it. Like he had already been a great actor. Mm-hmm. It's just that the world hadn't seen it yet. Yep, that, and that's man, uh, you know, somebody asked me that question last year because they i've been told i'm super dope i've been told i'm talented man uh, you know you work hard you're a great person and like wanda why do you think that you aren't in hollywood doing all these things bro and i said honestly because i just believe because not enough people know me yet and i and i don't sit there and wallow on that i mm-hmm. keep working because i have to work hard to make that opportunity happen like yeah. him being in the last black man in san francisco what people don't understand man is Every hand he shook, every laughing conversation he had, every good morning he had, hey, every, hey, how are you doing? Hey, brother, you need this? Hey, I'm going to help you. All of those people he interacted with led up to that phone call of somebody going, you know, we're going to consider him. Mm-hmm. Let's get this going and get this going for, and, and get this guy in there and handle his job. But without all of those things, without him putting in all that time and being courteous to people, even on days where he felt bad, he had something going on in his life. He didn't let that get in the mm-hmm. way. That moment came to him because of that. Yeah. Things like that that I think about. Like, I I don't compare myself to other person because they say uh, comparison is the death of joy, right? So you don't want to do that. I just look at other people and I see what they're doing. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get there too. I will see you at the top. I'll see you amongst these people. And then we can all have a conversation. Like I was telling with my boys, he said, Mono, you know, you going through it as an actor you always say you're struggling on so i said yeah i said man all the the debt that you build up and everything like that everybody goes through it and it's funny because when you get around all those a-listers and stuff like that they, yeah they go oh i remember that they're like yeah i was just like that too yeah welcome to the team brother like everybody yeah. gonna feel sad they yeah. like, no yeah. we all went through it yeah you're not you are not so special mm-hmm. that it's only happening to you yeah and some people have to get out of that yeah. You're not alone in this. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, like, especially like, um, let's say, like, just going from being non-union to being like a union actor. There was a whole mm-hmm. lot of like, um, 
like because I got my union status just from like doing background work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that like I mean like like up up until that point of pursuing it, like like there's like actors around me like man you don't want to do that. I was like what do you mean like you don't want to be like a union actor getting your status from doing background work. You want to get it from doing this or doing that. You know you got to be the lead. And I was all like I don't know man because like of all the union actors that I know like they've never looked at me like judged me. Right. From the way that I did, they're like they basically like you say like once you're in the house, you're in the house. Yeah, they're like you're, you're in. Like we don't get, we don't care how you joined it. Yep. We just know that if you did, that you put in the work some type of way. Right, and that's all that matters. How could you be so arrogant to do that? You think about yeah. that, right? How could you be so arrogant to say, oh well, I got grandfathered in because my father is so and so, and I've acted in this and this and that. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No one cares because at the end of the day, and this is the beauty of just the the business in general as actors and this is why i was when i told you earlier i don't care who you are where you come from i honestly believe and i'll say this right now because i know this is going to be on the internet and i I, this will age well i promise you i don't i really am not afraid to admit this if i was on set with any of the people that i admire any of the actors or actresses that i admire heavily let's just say for example denzel washington or rob de niro right they don't know who Lamondo Hill is. They never seen this kid, whatever, right? I can almost with with absolute certainty say when I get done with that scene with them, mm-hmm. even if they beat me in the scene, you know, whatever, they would give me a head and I'm like, okay, this brother knows something. This dude is yeah, he yeah. didn't he didn't he's not at the show because of just luck. Yeah. Like, somebody didn't just call and say, Oh, yeah, and just you know, we're gonna just no 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 this this brother knows what he's doing Mm -hmm. and that right there gives me a lot of pride and joy because it's like when i get there it's not about how you got there but when you get there you are prepared for the moment Mm -hmm. and your colleagues or your peers will acknowledge you you like just like you say you're you're a comic you want to get around comedians and when they see you they go man you got here because you're dope because you work for it. Yeah. Not because you're somebody's friend. Like, mm-hmm. I give you a special because you're a friend of so and so. You work so hard. You're so great at your craft. Mm-hmm. Everybody acknowledges you. Yeah. Yo, you dope. That's a gratifying feeling. Not the, I got bought and, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever shoehorned in here. Like, you, know, yeah. you don't want to do that. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now if I happen to put in the work and then I just have to have a friend that's already established and you say, yo, I see the work that you put it on. Yeah. Let me give you this alley oop real quickly. Yeah. Then that's but that's totally still the work. That's still the work. That relationship, work. right? And they see it, it. It doesn't, you're right. It doesn't matter. You could be best friends. Let's say Kev Hart. Mm-hmm. Best friend. Go to the house, uh, kicking it, whatever, all the time. I mean, you go on to family events, all that. He never calls to give you a special because you just lazy. Yeah. He's not telling you that. He mm-hmm. just he could be he knows this. Yeah. But the boy who's over here that he ain't so cool with, but is like he talks to him every now and then, but he's, he's grinding, he's hustling, yeah. he gonna give him that special. Yeah, he's gonna give him that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. Put in the work, just consistently do that, man. And those opportunities will come to you. At least I believe so. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, time will tell, but I, I believe that with that work, man, those opportunities come. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to be seeing you every day. Like, I shouldn't, like, you know, say you're at, like, I should not be seeing you every day. You know, say, like, I, I want to see you every, like, you know, a couple weeks, couple months or whatever, because you're out there just busy. You're working, mm-hmm. you're grinding and stuff yeah. like that. I want to, like, when we do connect, you have all these great stories to talk about rather than us just talking every day. Like, hey, so what do you want to do? Hey, man, so what do you want to do? <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. We're not kicking it and just, you know, 
throwing uh, dreams into the wind. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah you, just you, like exactly. You are being proactive and about what you say, man. Like one of the dudes I, I hang out with all the time. I was just on the phone before I got in here. My boy LP, shout out to him, man. He, uh, we were talking about these concepts, man, and just building these things with uh, his photography. And the kid, the well, I don't want to say the kid. The young man is so talented in the way he sees stuff, man. And I, I really believe in him, man. It, it's just dope. And it's like when I talk to people like him or my boy Devon, um, who's a really dope DP, he's going to direct one of the shorts that I'm working on right now. Um, just beautiful creatives, man, mm. to have around you. You feed off that. Yeah. And it's not that you have these conversations with them just to have them, like you said. Take something from that. Yeah. And then put in the work. Mm -hmm. Go do something with it. Don't just, oh, I just like to do it just to have a conversation. Some people love to chase dopamine, man. They love to just hear themselves talk. Yeah, but it, yeah, that's no. Yeah. You can't do that if you want to be successful. Yeah, take advantage. Like, don't take advantage of the person. Take advantage of the opportunity that that person presents to you. 100%. And that will that that will push you a whole lot further than like how you say just just want just want to be around somebody just to say hey I'm around this person. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh. man. Eric Thomas said that best, man. He has a quote. That boy said, uh, "Well, sorry, that man said, uh, you have to take advantage of the opportunity in a lifetime, in the lifetime of the opportunity." I mean that that was cold mic drop. I was like, "Yo, say that one more time." You have to be willing to take advantage of the opportunity of a lifetime and the lifetime of the opportunity mm. because you'll never have mm. that again. You'll yeah. never have it. It'll, mm. This moment we're sharing right now, this conversation, you will never have that again. Yeah, you, you can call me and say, "Mom, I want you to do another one with me tomorrow." It's not going to be this one though. Mm -mm. You can't get that energy back. Yeah. And it's so true, man. That's mm -hmm. why, like, with my audition earlier, I mean, last year with Golden and, you know, the short films that I did all last year. I mean, 38, I did one called The Plaza, The Cave, um, all of that stuff, man. I do not take those things for granted. No. Because this is an opportunity right now that I once wish I could have. Mm -hmm. And I got it. Yeah. Don't throw it away. Yeah. I would definitely say, like, um, like going online, looking up your IMDb, you could definitely tell that you, you you put in the work. And like I say, you you practice what you preach. Because yeah. it, it, like you could, like just for like what I've seen on the IMDb, you could definitely tell. You definitely tell, like, yeah, he practice what he preaches. He's put it in the work. And it's, whatever it is that he wants to get out of this industry, he's going to get it. Because well, I, 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 I see it right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of the, the role models that I have. And uh, hopefully this finds a way to him. So I'm going to ask the people out there watching if y'all could please help me with this. Tyler Perry. Oh, we'll tag him. We'll tag him in this. We'll yeah, tag him in that this I've, I've never, so I've never met the man. I've tried terribly to get a conversation with him by calling his studios at the front desk and seeing if they need help with anything. Terrible, man. I'm just yeah. trying to give service to him. But I, uh, I look at what he's done. On a business perspective and i look at his journey and what he's been willing to share that inspires me so much because what i would want anything if he asked me what what do you want lamondo or anything i would tell him not to just give me a role not to just do this but just to teach me mm -hmm. i'd want to learn to carry that crown that he has yeah learn that spend time what is your business like what is the mindset what is all of which you suffered and went through to get to this point. Who is that man? You know how people they always have those pictures like two big actors on a on a jet yeah. flying somewhere on a plane. Mm -hmm. Man, I'd love to be on a plane and just fly with him somewhere. Yeah. Just listen to his conversation, what he has to say, and soak up all the game because I want to be able to do that 
for the Bay Area mm -hmm. and the people over here in, in California in general. I want to be that major studio, that reputable guy, that guy who everyone loves and can come to and they know he's serious about his business. He's making films. He's helping people's dreams come true. And he's doing it and standing on the merits of a very sound individual. Mm -hmm. So that that dude, I mean, in space, man, I, I look at what he's doing and it just gives me energy, man, knowing that he was homeless at one point, man, and that he just felt like nobody was going to give him an opportunity. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he conquered it, man. He kept pressing towards, man, and kept going forward and he didn't quit. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, man, no, because I used to talk about like you calling up their offices and stuff like that, man, like that. Like you look, like, people may look at it like it's crazy or whatever, but yeah. like, that's really what you got to do, man. Like <laughs> I remember like when I, when I first wanted to start getting booked up here in the Bay Area, like one of the things that I got was I, I bought um oh postcards mm -hmm. with my with my headshot on them, and then I would email I would not email I would mail out those postcards to all the casting directors around the area. Like, hey, my name is Buddy. I'm looking for work. What can what, what, how can I do? What can I do to be of service with you? Right. And then you know, some of them you know started booking me work and stuff like that. Then once they started booking me work, I sent sent them right back a whole other postcard like to the casting director. Like, hey, thank you for giving me this job here. And then the other act, the other casting directors that did not book me, guess what they got? They got another postcard yeah, too. That said, hey, yo, guess what? I just got booked for this job right here. But yeah. hey, you may not have booked for it, but thank you for giving me at least a chance. Yep. The I at least pressed the opportunity and stuff like that. Yeah. And then and then another this actor named Robert Morgan. Um, he's probably like done like the most um Netflix original shows or movies ever. Like you know, if it's like you go to his IMDB, like he's nothing but like Netflix, 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 Netflix. Um he like how you say like Columbus like if you really want to break into the industry, man, like whoever it is that you look up to, like as like your inspiration, like like how you say, call them up, like figure out how to get a hold of them. Like you can't get a hold of Tyler Perry. Find out who the casting director is that's directing his films, and then you just get a hold of her. And then, like I say, like being a service to people, like especially yep. with the the business side of things, the more you can bring to this game outside of just like you know your your um your acting skills will push you a whole lot further yeah. a whole lot further so like yeah that's one like I, we had talked about it like just figure out how you could be of service to this person that just relieve whatever you know minor headache they may be having right now whatever you could do to relieve that of them it'll go a whole lot further than that you just say hey i'm a i'm a terrific actor you know you should uh you should put me in your movie you should make me the lead because i'm the man you like no tyler what do you need for me to, you know to get this project off the ground that i could help you with and then in return, he will probably most likely then, you know, because that's the way it works, man. We'll return the favor and like, oh, man, well, thank you for doing this for me. Now I have this opportunity for you. Yep, 100%. You are 100% correct in that, man. i telling you, I can't tell people enough. You have to give in order to receive, man. And there are so many quotes that I listen to all the time that are in my head, man. Like one that's so deep and so subtle. It's uh, I'll share two of them with you, actually. One is uh, the first one is if you want to if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. If you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. Right. And cause it's not it's not just about you. And then at the end of the day. When the chess match is done. The pawn and the king go in the same box. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I mean, you think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's so simple and yeah. subtle. But it means so much. Hey, man, then I've even just thought about that, too, because I used to talk about, like, how, like, people come up in the, the, the acting game. Like, somebody's going to, like, everybody starts off as a pawn. But once you get to the other side of the board, they, the board, they now you become whatever you want to be. Like, well, I'm going to become the queen or, like, you know, whatever maybe that got to. Like, hey, man, you like how you say, you, that's just how it is, man. Yeah, that's I mean, how it is. We all, 
move on, pass on, go to the next life, die, however you see it. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, we are all human. We're all just people. And it's like when people want to get stuff from people just to get stuff from them, they know that. They feel that, man. Mm-hmm. You, you, you lost your humility. You just, yeah. And people don't want that, man. They don't want that around them. So be of service, but be a human. When you ask someone, how is your day going? Genuinely mean that. Don't say that just to, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. I've had cats I've spoken to it, mixers and stuff like that. Dude, I, I mean, I know some people say they have ADD, and I know that's a real thing. But God, man, some people, it is like so disrespectful. Like, they'll talk to you, on to the next person. It's like, I was just having a conversation with you. Like, we were getting into it, and they just have nothing to say to you. And it's like, all right, people going to remember that. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to remember that one day mm-hmm. that you just blew them off. Mm-hmm. You got to be conscious of that, especially yeah. in this business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Like, because we say everything comes around. What goes around comes around in this industry, man. You're going to, it, it, it's such a small circle up here as it is, anyways, to where it's all like, well, just sit down and have a conversation with the person. <laughs> like, just have a conversation. Like, that person that you're like trying to kiss has to, woo, 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 woo. like, it's like, it's okay. I mean, I understand if you're just going to, you know, make like introduction and stuff like that. But like, if you're my boy, my partner, like, yeah, let's sit down, let's chill, let's talk. Like, I said, yeah. this is, this is our opportunity to check in with each other, see how we're doing, you know, so make sure everybody's, your mental is right and all that good jazz stuff like that. Because like I said, once the whole networking is all that, all that networking is done, it's like, man, we're back out there working. We're back out yep. there grinding. Like, like, how are you doing right now, bro? So that way, when I know that once you we do leave this networking event, um, if there is something that I can do to help you out, I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Rather than just going to these networking events just to figure out, hey, how, how can you help me? Oh, how can you help me? I need you to do this for me. I need you to do that for me. It's all like, no, bro, like, like I said, like being the neighbors, like, bro, like, you need some sugar, you need to borrow, bro. It's true, man. It's true. I mean, like, I'm building my team around me right now of people that I believe are solid. And I think that we all mesh one. Everybody, again, they, they play their position. And me, man, I'm, I'm about testing it, dude. Like, I'll bring this up again. I ran... A marathon, man, something I never thought I'd do in my life. And one of my other goals is to run the Ironman. Mm-hmm. So I'm training myself for that right now. Um, I'm doing years out because it's expensive and there's a lot that goes into it. But one of the main components of it, man, and people will learn this about me. The more I, I talk and they get to know me in my personal life, dude, I'm all about finding out. Like, I'm not one of these guys who says things and speaks in hollow words and just says, oh, yeah, we're going to do this and whatever, 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 and then it just never happens. No, man. If you say you're about something, you're going to do something, you do it. And mm-hmm. then you also have to test yourself. So, if, like, I'm talking to you right now, and I say, I'm this great actor who's talented, has a lot of range. I'm not saying that to you just because I'm on a podcast. I'm saying that because if you want to test me, you will find out. Mm-hmm. You will see, oh, this dude's different. Like, it's, this is a whole different working experience being with this guy. But so many people... They just want to say it, but they don't want to test it. So my team that I'm building around me, yeah, we have great ideas. People are great at what they do. Oh, we need to test it, though. We need to go in the trenches and make films. We need to do we need to play like the people that we want to compete against. We need to operate just like they do. And you will never do that. I never know that by just sitting there and talking and saying, oh, look at what I've done. No. How do we work together? Because that's going to determine everything. Mm-hmm. If we can't, we can be great individuals, yeah. but if we can't work together, it's a waste of everybody's time. Mm-hmm. Now, so you're talking about having this team and stuff like that. Um, um, how many people on your team actually like 
do the same thing. Uh, so you're saying like have the same skill sets, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of people overlap, like mm -hmm. they've had experiences with that. Yeah. But like this project that I have coming up that I'm doing, I made it very clear to the point to everybody that everyone is going to have one job mm -hmm. and no more than that. Yeah. We can all have skills and, and obviously have, you know, ideas. You don't want to ever kill ideas. Some people come with great stuff and they're like, dude, that will look dope. And you want that positive environment, especially as a leader. And I feel like in this position, I'm leading this. And you want to, you know, be a person that everyone has a voice, right? But I have to cut things off and be very stern and direct about certain things. And one of the things was is that everyone has a position. You execute that and you respect that. This person is our director of photography. He's not our gaffer. He's not our grip. Mm. He's the director of photography. This person is the director. Okay. This person is the gripper gap. This person is first AC. This person is talent. Remember where you are. And the reason why I say that and why I'm so stern in that is because when you get on major movie sets, that is the standard. Mm -hmm. You step on people's toes, they don't like that. Yeah. Because you don't, again, it's not just the arrogance. Some people are arrogant or assholes. That's, you know, but you got to remember how much work they put in to be in this position, yes. man. You don't know how many hours I put in to get here. Mm -hmm. Baby, you don't understand. Like, yeah. I'm on a movie set with, you name it, Tarantino, uh, uh, um, James Cameron, uh, Antoine Foucault. I don't care. I'm here now. And you're going to come in here and try to be like, oh, no, I can do No. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. But I got this. And that's how I respect the people on my team. I'm going to respect you, man, because this is your position. Do it to the max. If you need my help, I'm here. I got you. But you got to do this one, man. Mm -hmm. You can't. And like I said, with that marathon, dog, no one is going to be here to help you or do the work for you. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. That's who Londo is. I love you. I mean, I see you doing stuff. Like I said, I had to get your socials and stuff because I want to support you in mm -hmm. the best means that I can. But I can't do it for you. Yep. When you up on that stage or you doing your background work, you standing in, I'm not the one putting in the hours. Mm -hmm. I can look at the final product, like congratulations, brother, when it's done. But you don't want to put in the work, and I gotta respect that. Yeah, yeah. That's that that that's the answer. Also, that's exactly why I asked you that question and stuff like that. Just because you gotta understand, like exactly what you just said, basically just summed up everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all, it, and again, it's perspective. Mm -hmm. Perspective is my favorite word mm -hmm. about all the stuff in our vocabulary. It's all it's all about how you see it. Yeah. All about you, the way you interpret things, man. Respect those people. Don't disrespect them. Mm. Let them do their thing. If yeah. you if I if a millionaire comes up to you, billionaire, I'm pretty sure they pay you for a job. That's what they want you to do. They want you to do that job. Thank like, you. Do that job. Like that's it. Like I'm like, I'm not like I like, yeah, I've directed some things before, but I'm not gonna walk out to a set knowing that I'm like I said a background actor or whatever and just walk up to the director hey man you know you know how you should shoot this shot man if you want to shoot it like with the camera and like you've this, seen like, that yeah I know you have yeah working yeah. around yeah the way yeah yes yeah. I've seen this yeah I've seen a couple people just shoot themselves in the foot just for <laughs> trying to just do like try to be helpful and stuff like that so I'm like no bro like even if it's something as small as like like uh, like the prop guy or like I've been on sets all about like just like, just like, hey, like extra standard or whatever. Like, hey, man, let me help you with the C stand. You know, let me just lift this up. We really need to take the C stand yeah. too. They're like, no, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Don't, don't touch yeah. it. Like, it's my job 
right to, it's somebody's job to grab that seastead like right. you do not have to go out of your way mm -hmm. just to show your value right all you got to do is just do your job that you're asked to do yep. and, and do it to the highest degree and if you see like on lower production sets obviously man these people are going to need help and they're mm -hmm. working very hard so you can do that but when you are in a position where like you say it's time and place and where you are when you're on a major production set like that it's all about respect man they've hired you to do a job do your job be nice and be be humble and show your humility mm. be a be a kind person i'm not saying be in and uh don't be a pushover yeah yeah don't do any of that stay kind and be true but remember this is somebody's job and respect them mm. in their area of expertise or at their craft mm. at all times you don't you don't go to a mechanic and say oh uh yeah so i need you to do this oil change for me well dude that's not how you jack up the car that, that's not how i take the oil yeah. filter off mm -hmm. they're gonna look at you they, i mean because that's a different industry they might cut you out just like you can take the car oh, yeah, the yeah they will take that right so <laughs> i mean but in the film industry everybody's a little bit more subtle because it's like they got to know who they are yeah unless you're with people who are established and don't care mm -hmm. they will tell you straight up yeah you'll see it on the set where they somebody goes off goes off the rails a little bit like whoa, whoa, whoa. you'd be like can they do that but then you show up to set the next day and they're not there but like, oh i guess they can't right <laughs> exactly just like that oh man that's hilarious um uh before we do wrap this up like i always do um at the end of the podcast i call it like the mount rush board okay uh um so like your respective field acting and stuff like that yeah. so um who's your top four influencer motivations uh to, to uh pursue this career okay so before i, I give you my top four my mount rush one because i went over this with my wife mm -hmm. I gotta give some honorable mentions real quick. Oh yeah, it's all good. Okay. Yeah. So Meryl Streep, Morgan Freeman, Anthony Hopkins, Michael Caine, Marlon Brando. Because if I did not say Marlon Brando, all actors would probably assault me. Um, Kerry Washington, Viola Davis, uh, Adrian Brody. That's just to name a few. I just had to get some of those names out there so nobody killed me. Mm -hmm. Okay, when I say my Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Robin Williams, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Okay. But my Mount Rushmore of actors, number one at the helm is Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Bar none. Bar none. You, you can, I understand everybody. You got people you love. I'm telling you, Daniel Day-Lewis is the man. Okay. Second, we're going Denzel Washington. Okay. Got to put him on there. Uh, just because what he's done for me as, as a, not even before I got into acting, just what he does in general, amazing. Um, start off with Training Day when I was a kid, American Gangster, you know John Q, Man on Fire. The list goes on and on. My man is just is insane. Um, number three is going to be Jamie Fox. Okay. People sleep on that. Now I'm not saying Jamie's. You know, if you look at his Oscars, he has a one for Ray. But I mean. The other stuff that he's his done. Talent, the talent, the rage, the that, range of what he could do. Dude, that is incredible. Like, yeah. I don't think people understand how brilliant this man is. Like, dude, you can act. Not act as in just like, oh, you know, he's one character. No, he can act. The man can sing. Like, le legit. He don't need auto-tune. No, he yeah. And plays like five instruments. I mean, I mean you, dude. The in comedy, he is a comedian. I mean, this is absolutely 
insane. And he really could play football. Like when he did like any given Sunday work, like they booked, they they like originally it was supposed to be P Diddy, but we're not gonna talk about him on this podcast. That's what gets canceled. Yeah. But but like when he like he auditioned for any given Sunday, it's like because he could really fucking play football. It's that man is so talented. I'm telling you, if, if just acting with him and being on set with him, I, I mean I would get that that's a life course right mm-hmm. there. It's not it's just you you get so much around him, man. So he he is so dope. Yeah. Um, and then number four, my favorite actor, gotta give it to Christian Bale. Christian Bale. My man is Christian Bale is a, a murderous. Just you tell that dude what you want him to do, he gonna go above and beyond. I mean, all of his films I, I absolutely adore, man. I mean, the dude is just so talented, man. And uh, you know, for younger brothers, so that's my Mount Rushmore to answer your question, but for younger brothers coming up in a game. And I really, really like uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Gravante Rhodes. Michael B is really dope. Um, obviously, you know, he's doing his thing. And um, yeah, man, John Boyega is, is really good. I, I mean, I study these brothers. And it's not a thing of like, like I say, it's not comparisons or competition. But I know that they're in the same age bracket as I am. And that's who, when I get to the ship, I want to get the head knots from them mm. to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. see you, brother. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you doing yeah. your thing. Not like how he get here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, who is this? Yeah, you know, even though someone may do that at first, but afterwards, their perspective. What's, what's the yeah? Okay. they get a perspective? Yeah. They understand like, oh, okay, yeah, it is. But like, oh, but that's the thing too, man. Because I, I know, like, maybe we start drifting off into like the you know the entertainment and like all that type of stuff. But yeah. like, you know, like British actors giving like, get a lot of shit. You know, some at some point time, like, because they're taking all these American roles and stuff like that. But I'm all like, like up here. I feel like we like it, like in British and stuff like that. Like they, like it is like a career. That is something that like you know they, they, they're built up for. Like to 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 have an acting career yeah. up here more so. Like up here, it's kind of been so sensationalized to the point where like if you want to be being a good actor is about being famous rather than just being a good actor. Michael Caine said it best. There's a difference between an actor and a movie star. Mm-hmm. So I think some people. Do not understand that they're not actors. Like, may he rest in peace. Chadwick Boseman was a beautiful soul, man. And he was one of the guys on my list that I really, really wanted to meet in my life. And I couldn't do that. And, uh, man, he he was phenomenal as a person. And if you go back and you watch some of his roles, just what he did, his choices were great. He put um, on for the culture. Really put on for the culture. Right. And you talk about, you know, British actors versus American actors. He was one of our Americans that was that was doing it. Yeah. I mean, you and you, you don't understand how many of these people are actually British actors until you start seeing their interviews. Like, yeah. you know, Jeremy Strong is another great one. Mm-hmm. Brian Cox, like, but everybody else in like the Succession cast are all British. Like, I mean, they, Idris Elba threw us for a loop on the wire until until he started. He was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, Stringer. I, I, I didn't believe that for a long time. I was I was in denial when I saw that. Uh, I didn't. I was like, "No, that dude from." You know, he's probably from some hood or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, he grew up from Baltimore. They they just cast him yeah, right off the street. They're like, know, no. Yeah, no. But that was yeah, that was a crazy one too. But yeah, you know, for me, with the British actors, I see it as kind of like it's something to prove. Like for me, I want to get amongst these cats and work with them and just level up my game. Because if they're sitting there and they're learning these American accents or doing this stuff, that's like, why would I be so arrogant not to do that too? Like I would love. The opportunity to work in a big American film, obviously American production, and do a British role with some actors who are natively like that's their native tongue, mm-hmm. and they can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Oh, 
Where are you from? Yeah. He's not from East London. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be like, what? Like, what is he? That's that's how I see. That's the fun for me. Instead of mm. hating on them, and like, all yeah. right, man, these No, nah, just work harder. Yeah, that's that's the challenge of that's where like where people like where I where the competitive spirit comes from me. Mm-hmm. It's just like how you say, just 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 challenging myself. I don't see no competition with any anybody else and stuff like that. It's just the competition of me just like saying, okay, this is where I want to get to. All right, now how do I chart this course to get there? Yeah, you gotta. You, your greatest enemy is always gonna be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just you gotta beat yourself every time. I told myself my mantra for this year. So last year was all about me learning myself. This year, man, it's gonna be uh, let's find out and make sure that you earn it every day. You gotta go back and earn it every day. Just because you did it yesterday doesn't mean anything. It's a new day, and you gotta go back and just recall on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. So, you know, I love that top four, man. Daniel Day-Lewis, especially, like I said, he sets the the bar, especially because he's very particular with the roles that he takes because he gets so immersive into those roles that, like, I could imagine just the just after it wraps, it take it, it'll probably take him a while just to get back into it, get back into just being himself and stuff like that. That goes back to how we say just having the strong, um, the right mental mental um, capacity in this game to just be all like, once it's done and over, all right, now I know I need to go back and reset. And what are the things that I need to do to reset to get back right. to my normal self? Right. And, I mean, I, like I said, I know Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, um, Robert De Niro, all these people are amazing. I'm not pleased, y'all. If I don't name them, don't mean, this does not mean I don't know them. Anne Hathaway and so on and so forth. I'm just saying for the people that I watch and that I study, those four individuals are very, very, you know, keen to my studying and my success. And Daniel Day-Lewis, again, the work that he puts in, you know, similar to like Gary Oldman, who's another savage. Gary Oldman mm-hmm. is a master of disguise. I mean, if you don't, don't want to see who he is, you'll never know. You know. Robert Downey Jr. and all these other people. But Daniel Day-Lewis sets the bar for me because when you watch him on screen, it's at the pinnacle point of where he's not acting, man. Like acting is to listen. Acting is reacting. Mm-hmm. Just like what we're doing right now. This, yeah. this conversation is genuine. It's real. You don't know where it's going to go. That's what acting is. It's the, the truest concept in its truest form is to be honest at all times. It's not about lying. It's about being honest. That guy is so honest in everything he does. I mean, you really believe he said what he said. It's like if you look at those tapes where like interviewing a murderer. God, I'm so glad he... Like he could play Bill the Butcher, but I'm glad he didn't play like a modern day psychopath because you would really, yeah, <laughs> people would really be like, hey man, you know, like like you know, Jake Gyllenhaal does crazy very well, which he's great too, but Daniel Day Lewis might, he might scare you, man. Mm-hmm. Like you, you might be like, hey, yeah, oh, yeah I can see if I was working on Lincoln, you know, him as Abraham. Like, Yo, this motherfucker might try to free me. This motherfucker really might try to free me. <laughs> I told my boy, I said, when you watch Lincoln, that is Abraham Lincoln. Because you don't, we don't have any like, we don't, know, we don't have no foot no, in no, no weights, nothing. There you go. Yeah. That's Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And then we had Denzel. Of course, Denzel basically sets the standard for like all, uh, I would say, I mean, actors in general, but black actors. He kind of, mm-hmm. he definitely does set that standard because, like I said, he, he is somebody who also, he's achieved success in this industry. But he also like if you listen to him like in his interviews and all that stuff, he also like lets you know like, yeah, the, like I don't play these industry games though. Yep. Like I'm here to do a fucking job, and then that's it. I don't all these whole politics and stuff like that are doing what I gotta do to 
you know, win an Oscar or whatever. I mean, he's won the Oscars, of course, but he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't play the, that that political bullshit. I'm just here to do a job. He stands on his morals, man, mm-hmm. and it's very honorable to, to see that. Yeah, definitely, definitely that. And then we had Jamie Foxx, of course. I mean, the one thing that sticks out with me with Jamie Foxx is how you say how he does everything. Like for me, being like a comedian, I'm all like, he does all forms of comedy. Every, I mean, he do stand up. He'll do sketches. He'll roast. He'll do roast. You know what I mean? Like, like all forms of comedy. He impressions. Like he is a master of all. He's a sniper. Form. Yeah. Jamie will sit there with somebody and imitate you on the spot. Yeah. That's got to be a very disturbing feeling to be such a pronounced actor. I'm a thespian. I'm this, this, that. That man will do exactly what you were doing right exactly. now and make fun of you. And make fun of you for it. And you'd be like, damn, I did what for I went to Juilliard. I went to four years of, of, <laughs> of, 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 of schooling for this. You know, I got I got college debt up to my ass just to learn how to be dude. this person. And this dude's just gonna sit down and he's gonna figure it out in five minutes. Man, Fuck. then I'll make a song about it. Like I mean, <laughs> yeah. you name it. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie Foxx, yeah, right up there. And then the other one that we had was um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. yeah our, our, our Batman, that's my Batman. Yeah, yeah. Christian Bale is, man, I'm telling you, that dude is uh, the dude is dope, man. Mm-hmm. He just, what he brings to the screen, man, it's just something that people have to be very appreciative for because he, he does the work. Yeah, and he's one of the ones, like I said, he was a, a child actor. Um, So he was, like I said, one of the ones that got his, is putting like from very young, mm-hmm. understood the, somebody like I'm pretty sure you have great mentors and stuff like that because yeah. you see what happens with a lot of these child actors and stuff like yep. that. It had that mentorship there just to say, hey, this is how if you're gonna be in this business, bro. This is how you're gonna have to navigate this. This is how, if you want to be successful and stuff like that, through all the ups, downs, trials, and tribulations, this is how it's gonna have to work. Yep. And you you see, you see, see what happened. So yeah, yeah. yeah, paid off for him in a big way. It's a guidance is everything. Mentorship and doing it the right way is 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 essential. It's crucial to your success and it's necessary. You know, and people have to be very thankful that they do have it. And like you said in the beginning of the podcast, man, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Pay it forward, man. Pay it forward. That's how we do it and stuff like that. Man, hey, Mondo man, thank you, bro. This has been a been a wonderful, wonderful podcast episode, man. I hope you enjoyed yourself yeah, and thank stuff you like for that. Me. Seriously. Yeah. No, yeah. So uh before we do wrap it up, man, tell the people where they can find you at. Okay, everybody. So you can find me on my Instagram at Lamondo Hill, the second or just Lamondo Hill. It's it's very easy to find. It's only one of me out there, man. Same thing with Facebook. And consider subscribing to my YouTube channel. I do a couple of skits on there, but I'm working to put on more content hopefully for behind the scenes stuff that I can share for my, on my adventure as an actor and as a writer, as, like I said, becoming a mogul in the industry. So you can support me in those ways. And then also if you want to do donations, you can become a Patreon member, which I'm building that also. And that just helps the productions that we're doing independently. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon, man. I hope to see you guys soon and interact with you guys and uh, see you in the future on sets, man, and work with y'all. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Lamondo Hill, the actor slash mogul, man. We are, <laughs> we are, like I said, you know me, Buddy Raman. You can catch me at Yeah Buddy ENT or at Funny Business on all social media platforms. And then um, you can check out the website too, yeahbuddyent.com. Um, other than that, but yeah, like I said, other than that, you can check the podcast out. We're streaming on all streaming platforms at Spotify, Google, iHeart, Apple is coming soon. So um, yeah, tune in. This episode will probably be updated, probably uploaded sometime in like February. Um, so yeah, other than that, man, thank y'all for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Yeah Buddy Podcast. 
I am signing out. I will catch y'all next time, y'all. Peace. Take it easy, y'all. Oh. Dope, bro. That was good. That was a good conversation. I didn't go live with that one, but after doing it, I was like, man, I probably should have went fucking live with that one. <laughs> Drop it, Jules. Oh, wow. That was an hour 40 minutes almost. Holy shit. Hour 45. Yeah, I'm we sorry. was. No, no, that's good. That's good. That'll give me a lot to work with. So that's cool.